One year later, and we're revisiting the Matthew Kachuk, Florida Panthers trade, and where were you when it happened? Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me on this one-year anniversary of the Matthew Kachuk trade. And today we are uh, going to be talking with Armando Velez of Lockdown Florida Panthers. And let's just jump right into it. But first, make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts. And, of course, on YouTube as well. Free 99 across the board. And let's get into it. You're muted. My bad. Uh, I want <laughs> I want to go back to this point one year ago, where the news happened, where you first heard the news, versus what happened after. I don't personally remember where I was when I first heard the news that Matthew Kajuk wanted out of Calgary, but I do remember where I was when the trade officially happened. You actually tweeted a few days ago. Yeah. What where you were uh, when you heard the news that he wanted out? Talk about that. Yeah, so I was um, in Lake George, New York, on vacation with my family, and we were at Six Flags Great Escape, and we were heading from the theme park to the water park. So I like checked my phone after changing or whatever, and I just see that like Matthew Kachak has basically requested a trade, and I just had to go about my day as. the trajectory of the flames franchise and my show did not just uh drastically change but where were you when it all happened well it's funny because i i i went back to actually my episodes from last year as well actually last night uh to to go back to what i said then and my again i don't remember where i was when i first heard the news of him mm-hmm. wanting out and I was listing all the teams that he wanted to go to, um, which was St. Louis, Vegas was one, one of them as well, Dallas and Florida. Those were the four teams that were listed. And I said that St. Louis was most likely the destination because of the history with his dad and right. all that stuff. Uh, and I said at the time, I don't, how do they pull it off with, with, uh, with, who, with who, the rumors of Huberto possibly going the other way? And I'm like, I'm not sure if the Florida Panthers are – willing to do something like that. And boy, was I wrong about it. But the way I heard about it was, uh, was I was getting ready to go to bed because this trade yep. happened at around 1120 <laughs> PM Eastern time. I got a missed call from my Wednesday guest host and I, and I ignored it on purpose because I had a 10 hour shift the very next day. Oh so, no. So, and then, and then I, I make the mistake of checking Twitter after after like 20 minutes of it and then I, that's when i heard about the trade and i said oh that's why he called me to to, yeah. to to tell me all about that and i went from possibly going to sleep 30 minutes later after that original missed call to staying up for three hours just checking twitter seeing the reaction from fans getting yeah. on twitter spaces with one of my one, one of my fellow uh podcasters kirby loophole of fla cats hockey podcast uh at, at the time as well just jumping on there and just being shocked and 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 just uh and and then some of the and then we see the next morning 
mm-hmm. all the all the all the fans on Twitter or even the media members on Twitter who were asleep when all of that happened because <laughs> it was it happened on a Friday night too. Right. Not everyone goes out to no. bars and drinking on Friday night. Some people have jobs the next day, so it's uh, crazy to think that how many people were asleep when it all happened. I went to bed early because, you know, I'd come home after vacation. I was tired and just, I was like, it's Friday night. Like, there's no way, like, anything's going to happen. I'm just, I'm going to go play Animal Crossing and go to bed. An hour later, my boyfriend comes storming into the bedroom screaming, Matthew Kachuk to Florida. And I'm like, what? What What are you talking about? And then the uh, return was kind of still being worked out, but I know that you know, obviously Huberto was the first one and I think uh, a first round draft pick or whatever it was. And then like I get up, I'm, I run over to my computer, I'm refreshing everything. I was shocked to hear that it was Mackenzie Weger also coming over. I feel like that's kind of lost sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just, that's such a huge return, but no one was going to top that. Yeah. And you think about, and for the Florida Panthers perspective, when it came to where they were as far as age, going into their late 20s and, and having both of those contracts coming up, you you were never going to sign both of them. And for the Florida Panthers side of things, the, at the time, they got already the value they had from Mackenzie Weger being a guy who was at the at the later part of the seventh round in 2013 as well. And 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 developing him through the ECHL, the AHL as well, and then being a top pair defenseman as well, even playing on his off, uh, on his non-natural side too, yeah, as well. And 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 in and in the and you look at that with the, of course, we have to discuss the the flat cap for for that's still hurting a lot of teams. Yeah. I mean, Calgary went into this this specific offseason with the least amount of cap space as as well, so it's hurting a lot of teams right now. Uh, and just to make that work with both Huberto's and Uyghur's salaries, I mean, Huberto's contract also went from a no-move clause to a modified no-trade, and that's when Bill Zito at the time took advantage of that and, and just yeah. the waiting game and not knowing when someone like Kachuk would be available, and then it's a, it's an opportunity that he felt that he couldn't really pass up. And, of course, the, for the Florida Panthers side of things, the getting younger part of, of, of it as well. Right. And this was a, th- that was a year where the, the Panthers were already coming out, coming into the year with a whole bunch of dead cap on their roster. They, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, a, not a little bit of criticism on, on the, on the McKenzie Weger part of the trade mm-hmm. too, because what's going to be, what's gonna, what's the blue line going to look like in, in, in the, in the year coming, coming into it. And that's where you, that's where you, Say okay, Gus Forsling is is ready to take that next step for the Florida Panthers being a top mm-hmm. pair defenseman. That's you feel like this guy's re- ready as well. And for and of course the the Panthers in in their future they're gonna maybe have to make a decision on Sam Bennett if they think Anton Lindell is ready too. So this isn't the right. first one. This isn't not this is not just the first step in the Florida Panthers is uh, when when it comes to evaluating. Who who the who they think is going to be ready in and I said this on yet my yesterday's show smart smart GMs get rid of a guy a year too early versus a year too late and they feel they you felt mean, that way with Huberdo and all that you mean they don't let them walk for nothing yeah. 
don't let them walk for nothing. Wow. That's, you know, that's almost like, I feel like general manager 101. And Mm -hmm. I hate when people like try to like Monday morning quarterback trades and everything. But like, to me, with the few critical thinking skills I have, that, that one jumps out. Like you just, you don't do that. And the Flames are in a similar situation next summer, or I guess technically this summer too, trying to trade some of their pending UFAs. And it's with a whole nother general manager. And I just, I don't know. I think that the Flames kind of, uh, they shot themselves in the foot so many times last season. I'm shocked they still have feet. But, um, you know, I think that this is just something that they're going to have to work out. The cap space is something we're just going to have to hope and do a run a Hail Mary or whatever they say for football. No doubt. And uh, it's something that it's something that Craig Conroy uh, has Mm -hmm. a very difficult uh, job at ahead. And actually let's uh, let's discuss this more in uh, segment number two here as the, as the, as the Florida Panthers and Calgary flames were both fighting for playoff spots towards the end of the season. One, one team of course made it one, one did not, but we'll discuss more about that. Jonathan Huberto's struggles all next here on, on the lot on this special edition of locked on Panthers and locked on flames. But first just tell us all about FanDuel. FanDuel is where you can take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. All you have to do is bet 20 bucks and you will land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting from everything. Uh, Moneyline, where Shohei Otani is going to land, and who you think is going to hit the first home run. On an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. And thank you, everyone, so much for tuning into this very special crossover of Locked on Flames and Locked on Panthers. You can find both our shows on every podcast platform as well as YouTube. We love hearing from you in the comments and uh, let let us know where you were when this this whole shindig went down because this is like I'll never forget. Never forget where I was. Yeah, for, for sure. And uh, <laughs> and it's a uh, it, it'll something that will be ingrained in my memory uh for for the rest as long as i have a memory uh for sure (laughs) Uh, as long as that but uh let's just talk about the just the season that was for both calgary and florida both both went through both superstars and kachuk and huberto went through different different head coaches um, Mm -hmm. going into new systems the florida panthers were dealing with a new head coach um after letting go of andrew burnett after winning a president's trophy Jonathan Huberto was going into uh, a situation where he was flying cross country, sunshine, to a lot of snow. Even even changed his car that he had. He he had yes. a picture of the local dealership there for uh, a certain truck that would be great for driving in snow. I mean, I've never driven in snow. I've only been a passenger, and that's not ten out of ten. Don't recommend. Yeah. So uh, I I I hope to. I, I hope that if I if I am in that situation, that I will be able to deal with it uh, well. And really, for 
the frustrations of Huberto and the relationship with the coach and Daryl Sutter at the time. I remember there was this one specific quote about why did uh, Huberto <laughs> have to go to the locker room? He's like, yeah. oh, he had to take a, a blank. Yeah, fill in the blank. But there's, I think there's just more to that. There's just, I, I don't think it was just, I, I, I'm not sure if he was telling the truth, but also the tone. He was getting worked on um, by the team doctor and or like the physical trainers and whatever. Like mm-hmm. he was hurt and Sutter just like made a joke out of it. And that rubbed Huberto the wrong way, especially for it to happen so early in the season, allegedly. This is just what I've heard. Yeah. And then, uh, and then being demoted to the third line at, at points in the season as well, when this is a 115 point <laughs> player as well. I know he's yeah. get, getting acclimated to a, new system and all that stuff but you know that when you when you think about exit meetings as well for calgary there was one there was a lot of a a common denominator that was going on there as well about what what the relationship was with the coach uh and and all that and yes a lot of the problems for calgary were the goaltending as well it's not all right i know there was a 60 point difference as well but the the one one common denominator is how former Florida Panthers uh, prospect Jacob Markstrom uh, played um, in, in the season as well, being a being a Vesna Trophy finalist to what happened, and Dustin Wolf mm-hmm. is knocking on the door there over in Calgary as well. Right. So there's a lot of pressure going there, and also turnover. We we I spoke about uh, Craig, uh, Craig Conroy earlier. Ryan Hutzka is also uh, there as well. But those are both internal hires. Do you think that right. they made the right decision with internal hires based on who they worked under, or is it, or is it just kind of a stain the course with uh, with so much uncertainty, with so many of the expiring contracts possibly wanting out? You know, I think that it is a combination of like all of this. There were so many moving parts uh, to last season that has obviously led up to now and the decisions that lie ahead. But I do think that it made a lot of sense to hire somebody that has been within the Flames organization for like 10 or 12 years and learning. Because not only are you learning what to do and how to navigate things, you're learning what not to do. And that is something that I think there there was a lot to learn and plenty of mistakes to learn from in, you know, Craig Conroy's like front office years before he was a GM. And I I knew that they were either going to hire uh, Mitch Love or Ryan Huska, and I think that either of those choices would have been great. Obviously, uh, they hired Huska, and Mitch Love went off to the Capitals, and the way that it's working, it feels like they're doing it for comfortability, and I, I'm okay with that. I think obviously when you start getting too comfortable, you, you're not really holding people accountable because you're afraid because you're friends, whatever. But it definitely feels like this is a step in the right direction management wise, like behind the scenes and I guess technically on the ice too. But, you know, bringing in someone like Mark Savard to help uh, with the assistant coaching and just beefing up the offense that was not there last year. It's very important. And I, I really just want everyone to feel better than they did last year. And I know that's like, oh, well, you should like want them to be competitive. Yes. But there's also like the human aspect to this of mm-hmm. like, could you imagine moving 
from sunshiny Florida to like Syracuse, New York, where there's eight feet of snow in the dead of winter. And like, you don't know anyone. There's not much to do. Well, I guess Syracuse. Okay. There's really not much to do in the winter. There's just, it's a whole new change of life, change of pace. And everyone is kind of angry at their, like, it's not fun going into a work environment where you hate your boss. Mm-hmm. Or you know your boss is going to pick on you and stuff. Like, that's not fun. I think things are going to be a lot different this year. Yeah, and even if their record is what, what it is this year, it, it could be a step in that right direction, knowing that mm-hmm. going at, going to work at ease is, is something that will give a possibly better impression. And I know, and yes, we know about the rumors of people um, wanting out and there's still a standstill. Basically, um, basically if Elias Lindholm is even going to sign long-term, we heard the reports of him uh, getting um, reportedly being offered a, a long-term deal as well in, in that, in that as well. But it's, it, it's a big difference when going in and, and, and yeah, the arena situation is what it is as, as well, which, which, also kind of maybe uh is uh depending on on whether they like playing where they i mean panther in the yeah. panther side of things it's it's more of location the arena is great yeah. it's just location um it's just location that a lot of people have issues uh with but also also about for jonathan huberto as well for him he doesn't stop training. He's always posting about his training. Always. As well. he, did, he had his he had his uh charity golf tournament uh this yep. summer in Quebec as well. Raised like three hundred fifty k. I don't know the exact number, but a lot yeah, of money for that lot. too. So he's involved in the community. He's he's smiling. He loves his mother, which I which I is think that's so sweet. So it's so it's sweet. it's a it's definitely something uh definitely that I I'm 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 cheering for someone like him. And he let's also talk about what he said in his exit interview which he didn't lose his talent all of a sudden no that's so. the thing that is driving me crazy people are like well huberto fell off he did yes he fell off but he like he felt he like tripped over a rock while riding his bike he's gonna mm-hmm. get back up he's he's never going to be a 115 point player again i'm just i'm confident in saying that um just because of the way the flames roster is assembled but he is still able to and put up points like that that's that didn't just go away and Mm -hmm. people are just like once it's gone it's gone no it's not playing off your playing on your off wing and clashing with your coach who is probably going to use that as like uh you know retaliation he's setting you up to fail yeah and 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 that's that's really what that's really uh that's really a hard adjustment period for yeah. for some for someone who said he lost his confidence but not his talent. Big difference between the two, uh, yeah. the two si- sides of things. And uh, for Matthew Kachuk uh, on on the Florida Panthers side of things, he he was the, the team wasn't playing well, but he was still producing points. At times, he was averaging two points a game for for a little little while, even just to keep the Florida Panthers afloat. And he was the one guy that when Paul Maurice went on an epic rant in Toronto. Back in March, he was the only guy who was uh, looking straight in, in in the eyes of a coach, and of course that that's a lot of learning from his dad mm-hmm. too. So, oh it, yeah, it, it's it's a difference. But when you're bringing in possibly bringing in a second generation hockey player in the in the mix who 
who has been in locker rooms as well from the time he came yeah. out of the, the womb as well. And also the the outside noise of what these guys hear about. I mean, even even when the Panthers were underdogs uh, in every mm-hmm. single series, they they that that's just a fact. The Matthew Kachuk saying we don't care what people people think, and it, it, right. it I I that there's very few quotes that I take at face value. Um, right. that, that is one of that that is one of the few ones that I that I took because it it, it proved in their play. They 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 and even in the even though in their round one series against Boston, they every single game that they trailed um, to start the game they lost, but that started to change the tides. As as the as the later rounds came about, they started learning how to come back from games. Yeah, it, it took them until February to get their first three game winning streak of the season too. That flames so. went until like March, so I so. I get it. Like it's, I think the thing about and we say it all the time on Locked On Flames, but there's nothing more motivating than someone saying you you can't win this. Mm-hmm. There's like people are. You're desperate to prove people wrong. You're hungry to win. And yes, they did lose in the cup final. But to me, even if they eliminated my team in the first round, it was so fun to watch this underdog eight seed come in and make it as far as they did. And just, they did the thing. And they'll probably Mm. do it again at some point. It's just... It's special. It was really special to watch. No, no doubt. And uh, unfortunately, with an extended playoff run comes uh, lingering injuries from mm-hmm. it with uh, Aaron Eckblad and Brandon Montour looking to miss the first few months of the season coming up. But, hey, what matters is that you're healthy when when the postseason comes around. And that's what the Panthers did have on their side entering uh, the postseason. Yeah. Unfortunately, their uh, luck ran out. Uh, after uh, Game Three of the Stanley Cup Final, when uh, when Matthew Kachuk uh, broke his sternum uh, on a hit from Keelan Colasar there, so now now this will be a good opportunity for us to transition to segment number three of this special crossover edition of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Flames to discuss more about what is ahead for yes. these two franchises. In your mind what what is your hope for the first month of the season for the panthers or maybe up until like winter break like christmas break i guess mm-hmm. so my hope is that paul Maurice plugs in the right button right holes as far as how to put the deep pairings together mm-hmm. as far as as far as ekblad and montour being out and Chances are we're going to see Oliver Ekman Larson take it, be part of the first pair at least to start. And that's just right. Some... I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, is with the Panthers. Dmitry Kulikov is back in the mix with the Cats as well. Uh, this isn't this is the second year in a row where the Florida Panthers signed someone who was bought out by a previous team. Colin White was that guy last year and and taking on a reclamation project last year. This time it's Mike Riley on the on the D pair. Uh, and Mike Riley. They, uh, King. yeah, and they they signed a flurry of left shot defensemen uh, mm-hmm. for for their for for their roster this year, uh, and that's really what's hoping to hopefully keep the keep keep it together when when these guys are ready uh, to come back. And of course, 
Uh, Spencer Knight is looked to be back in the mix. Okay. We don't know if he's going to start in the AHL or the NHL. Um, they did sign Anthony Stolarz. Uh, so it's very important to have that third goaltender, whether it is Spencer Knight or Anthony Stolarz. Still, they, they did get bigger. They did get uh, they did uh, get tougher, at least on paper, as far as getting Duclair out, bringing uh, Steven Lorenz to be on the on the on probably on the fourth line. Evan Rodriguez, who is a late bloomer in his career, he was a guy who who can be plugged on Barkoff's wing as well, or or maybe even the even the second line as well. But for Calgary's for Calgary, we we. I spoke a little bit about Tyler Toffoli get, getting traded to the New Jersey Devils and all that. The the really the only one who's been granted the 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 request that he's uh, wanted and uh, that that pick I believe that they uh, that they traded for Sam Bennett originally was traded back to the Calgary Flames yep. as as as, uh, <laughs> as moving parts there when they first got uh, Tyler Toffoli as well. But for the Panthers, at this point, they don't care about first, second, or third in the Atlantic or even wild card. We saw that with this season. What matters for yeah. them is being healthy. And at this point last year, I was comparing the two windows for the Florida Panthers and the Calgary Flames. I mean, I mean, Calgary made it to the second round for crying out loud two two seasons yeah. ago. And you were losing Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk. And this is that was a move at the time that Trey Leaving felt that was avoiding a rebuild not saying that not and and it can be justified as well i'm right. not saying that it's the wrong move neither you were going to go from possibly no window to a small window there the panthers were going from a small window because if they kept huberto and Uyghur, their window yeah. might have been like two years at most at most with this matthew construct extends that and and <laughs> going to yeah. a stanley cup final in year one but with but i gotta ask you with yeah. last year i said zero no window to small window yeah. At this point, is there even one at all? It's cracked. It's cracked open. Uh, there's a slight breeze coming through, but no, like their window right now is there's just a window frame. There's really no window. Um, I would say they're trying to reopen their window uh, by bringing up a lot of their younger guys, uh, like Jacob Pelletier, Matthew Coronado, Dustin Wolf, and I but my biggest concern is the defensive depth. Um, I just, I, this team is in a very frustrating position and they, in my honest opinion, they cannot afford to re-sign Elias and home. He is going to be too expensive and he's hockey old and the contract will be, you know, pushing him into his late thirties. And they already have that. They're already doing that with, Huberto, uh, Uyghur, and Kadri. Why? You already have too much money. Not too much money. These players deserve their paychecks. But you have enough money tied up, especially with a flat cap. Just can you please just go out and trade for like something legitimate? Mm. They did that last year, but do it again. Yeah, and I'm not sure what the assets for uh, Calgary looks like at the top of my head, uh, Mm -hmm. but. They the 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 pick that they got from Matthew Kachuk isn't until 2025 because of what the Panthers gave up in the previous trade deadlines. And for I spoke about this on yesterday, how with the Panthers cat space coming up later, um, ne- this um, next offseason that there's only going to be eight contract um, 
eight players under contract with 30 million. So the average AAV will be 2 million AAV to, to bring everybody back. So it's, it might be a little bit of a struggle for the Panthers coming up uh, this, this uh, season, but also, also you got to consider what the, what Craig Conroy in his very first season under, under GM and taking away the attachment of, of Brad Trey Living's uh, mm-hmm. trades and signees as well, and 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 putting his own staple. What does what does he do? What does he do about a Noah Hannafin, Nikita Sidorov as well? Which mm-hmm. the Panthers were somewhat in on Hannafin uh, a few weeks ago, but looks like that that conversation is going to be delayed, uh, possibly for trade deadline uh, for for the Panthers, or even maybe if he hits the open market as well, mm-hmm. um, let him be traded somewhere else, and then possibly revisit that next summer. Um, yeah. if he if he doesn't sign an extension, but uh, it, it's also it's also the uncertainty of whether players want to be there or not for for Calgary and and it's uh and you know a lot of the national shows one one consistent question and statement that is always spoken about when it comes to the Calgary Flames is talking about did Edmonton break them as as, as well that's one no. conversation I keep hear, hearing and. And I, I don't I don't get why that I, I get because it's a rivalry aspect of it. But yeah. the even even when the Panthers got swept by Tampa Bay, I wasn't saying, oh, the, the, the broke. broke the Panthers yeah. there. No. And I think a lot of that does stem from the rivalry and Battle of Alberta. But these decisions were going to happen regardless if they won that series or not. Uh, you know, if it went to six or seven or they get eliminated in overtime in game five. Like Gaudreau was more than likely going to leave regardless. Uh-huh. Kachuk wanted out. Uh, you can't just base this on like those final seconds of the game. There were obviously a lot of things that go into this. Um, I just, I think that a lot of Craig Conroy's really first year is going to be picking up the mess that Brad Tree living left and, you know, that it's not going to happen overnight. This mess didn't get here overnight. It's not going to take an off season to clean up, but the Edmonton Oilers did not break the flames. Mm -hmm. They did not. They, if that's what Oilers fans want to say, that's what they do. (laughs) If that's, if that's what national we don't employ and we don't employ Evander Kane and that's fine with me. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no doubt. And, uh, (laughs) I don't know if you saw his uh, beer league uh, name that that he had. No, it's a uh, it's the it's the acronym of mess around and find out. I'm saying the clean version of oh it. Oh my it's a, god, it's a, little, it's a little acronym. I um, yes, based on that uh, series against the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, a little bit of comedy there from uh, from Kane there. But as as far as uh, as far as this upcoming season, mm-hmm. what what would what would for the Panthers, the goal is to make it back. But with the, the transition for Calgary, what's the expectation? I will be happy with a wild card spot. Um, I think that that's absolutely doable. I think that while the West has definitely gotten more competitive and stronger, I definitely think that the Pacific Division specifically has a lot of you know rebuilding parts that are going to be at the bottom, like your San Jose Uh, Anaheim, Vancouver, like you have those three spots taken up. You can absolutely fight for a a decent spot in the standings. And I just, I'm not going to go into this season and say, 
Jacob Markstrom's going to have another Vesna candidate year. He's going to, you know, completely bounce back. I think that, you know, Matthew Coronado is going to be a front runner for the Calder, anything like that. I think the most important thing that Flames fans can do is manage those expectations. So that way you aren't shattered and destroyed <laughs> by them missing the playoffs or by them moving someone at the deadline. Like you just have to just kind of take it at face value and be like, Oh, it is what it is. Yeah. So, and, and knowing that possibly what can, what you can get back in a trade as yeah. well and, and use that as something to get someone else in a, in a, in a later trade deadline. If, if the upcoming years are, are in, are you, exceed expectations as well mm-hmm. uh that that could be something to flip around as well especially if we're not seeing the the cap rise at at, a, at the rate that that we hope to hope to want uh in the upcoming year in the upcoming years but jess i want to thank you so much for uh joining me on this uh special crossover edition of locked on panthers and locked on flames to discuss the trade uh the big trade that yes. shocked the nhl world for my listeners tell everybody where they can find you Yes. Uh, So thank you again for having me. I'm very happy you could join me as well. Uh, You can find me uh, at Jess Belmosto across all social media platforms. You can find the show at uh, wherever you listen to Locked on Panthers and uh, just at Locked on Flames, obviously, and on Twitter at LO underscore Flames pod. Armando, thank you for taking time and talking with me. You know, you're kind of on the better end of this trade, so it's probably a little bit more fun for you. But where where can Matthew Kachuk stands find you and listen to everything you have to say? Yeah, this this crossover was never about saying <laughs> haha, the, they no. got the better part. You get you did not. This is not no. about this was not about it. It was just to discuss uh just the state of, of both teams and and just really put document the history. Uh, behind two 100-point uh, players being traded, just like mm-hmm. Gretzky and Jimmy Carson uh, back in the 80s. But for Matthew Kachuk stands and even Flames fans that are that are looking to cheer on Sam Bennett and Ryan Lomberg yes. as well, they can find me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers as, as well. And yeah, that's where they can find the show and on YouTube as well. So we, the subscribers, they're going up, up, and up thanks to the <laughs> Stanley Cup final run for the Panthers. Yes. But Jess, thank you so much. Thank you, Armando. And we'll see you probably during the season. We'll do a nice little preview.